The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Thirteen. So feel free to turn there. I'm not going to read the the passage beforehand. We'll work through it as we go. So you won't see it on the the screen behind me. Now I confess that as I've been preparing this message this week, I've had fathers and men on my mind in particular. It doesn't mean that there's not stuff in here that applies to all of us, but just so you know, that's the angle it's most likely to take. Let me start by asking a question. If you knew what was just around the corner for you in life, do you think it would help you make a better decision? Maybe if you could launch a drone up and it could fly through time and see into your future, do you think that the reconnaissance that it would bring to you would help you make a better decision now? To be honest, we might like to think that it would. That knowing what lies just around the corner for us would enable us to make better decisions now. However, the the journey that the 12 spies of Israel make in Numbers 13 might show us differently. It shows us that knowing what lies ahead for us, what's just round the corner, doesn't really do much to change the decisions we would make today. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the reconnaissance shows unless you are willing to walk in faith, you will turn aside in fear. Unless you're willing to walk in faith, you will turn aside in fear, no matter what you know of the future. What do we know about the journey that the 12 spies of Israel make as they are sent to spy out the land of Canaan? Well, there's a few things that we're we're told or that we can know about this journey. Firstly, it's roughly about an 800-kilometre journey round trip they'd go the full length of the land of Canaan from the bottom to the top and back again to cover that size journey in the time given the 40 days given they'd have to average about 20 kilometers a day how'd you go with that hey 20 20 k's a day that's not driving that's that's walking And when we consider this journey in light of the book of Genesis, we notice that it's got similarities with the journey that Abraham took as a result of God's calling him and God's promises to Abraham. So that's background for us. That's the sort of thing that Israel, the Israelites, would have had in their mind. 
And God had already told the Israelites before they went into the land. He'd already told them that it was a good land. But still the Israelites wanted to see for themselves. Let's look at the first section of the, uh, the passage before us. Numbers chapter 13 verses 1 to 3. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a chief among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran. According to the command of the Lord, all of them, men who were heads of the people of Israel. Let's move to verse 17. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into the Negev and go into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad. And whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds. And whether the land is rich or poor. And whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. The words that you see underlined there are words that relate to quality. Speak something about the qualities of the people. The first word there, chief, refers to the quality of their role or the position that they would hold. The men were to be rulers. They were to be leaders, hold positions of respect amongst the Israelites. They were to hold positions where they could influence God's people. These spies were to be chiefs. The next word, their heads, is more of a reference to their personal qualities. They were to be at the top. They were to be of the best quality, the peak, the cream of the crop, of the choicest people. And, and when you consider the journey they're about to take, they're obviously going to have to be people who are fit for purpose. No use sending an old bloke who's ahead of a tribe but can't average 20 kilometres a day. So these blokes are supposed to be respected leaders, both in their position, but also they were to have the qualities where they were the most fit for the purpose that lay ahead. Today it might be like sending Prince William to go do a, a task rather than sending Queen Elizabeth or, or Prince Charles. He still holds that position of authority. But if he's going to be trekking through the wilderness, you want William doing it, not Elizabeth. The spies were tasked with uh, assessing the quality of the land. They're told to see what the land is. They were to take note of everything from the, the soil to the cities, from the people to the plunder. And what did they find? 
What was the land's quality? Well, we see in verses 25 to 27. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron, to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. On their journey, the, the spies had gone through the land and as they come back, they cut off a cluster of grapes. Now, I'm not sure if you do the shopping for your house, if you go through Coles or Woolies or a, if you're lucky, a, a fruit market. How big are the grapes you find there? In a little bag you can sort of hold, right? Well, this cluster... They needed to put on a pole and have two guys carry them. The fruit was huge. It was enormous. And they come back with this fruit and put it in front of Moses and the congregation and they say, this land flows with milk and honey. It is a good place. Whether you farm animals or whether you farm crops, it is a good land. It'll be productive. They found the land to be just as God had already described it to them. God had already said, this is a land that flows with milk and honey. They, they found, along with the land's qualities exactly as God had said. They also found that the people in the land were exactly who God had said they would be. In Exodus chapter 3, look at verse 17. God says to the Israelites, And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. There weren't surprises for the spies as they went into the land. They found the people they were expecting, the ones that the Lord had said would be there. And they found the quality of the land to be exactly as the Lord had described it. These verses speak about the quality of the land, but they also speak about the quality of God. They speak of his faithfulness to his promises he said i'll rescue out of egypt and bring you into this good land what does he do he rescues them out of egypt and now brings them to the border of this land flowing with milk and honey god had promised to abraham that he would give this land to abraham's offering offspring the spies walked this land. They sampled its fruits and they say, yes, it truly does flow with milk and honey. But now that Abraham's offspring, his children, are at the point of opening God's gift to them, they pause and they say, 
However, however, see the spies had physically walked in the footsteps of Abraham. They had taken the same journey that he had taken centuries earlier. They'd possibly even seen the altars that Abraham had set up at, at places like Hebron. They may have even seen the tombs where the patriarchs and matriarchs of Israel lay. But far from encouraging their faith, knowing what lay ahead for the people of Israel, it fostered in them fear. Fear for some, but fear not for all of the spies. These spies had a lot in common. They'd, they'd largely shared the same qualities. They were all leaders. They were all fit for the purpose for the journey, for the spying mission that was laid out before them. They had each gone on the same journey, 40 days reconnaissance mission. They had each seen the fruit and brought it back, seen the people, seen the soil, seen the cities. They had all agreed that yes, the land does in fact flow with milk and honey. They had a lot in common, these 12 spies. But they differed in one fundamental area, in the area of faith. See, not all 12 spies agreed on what the course of action should be. Look with me at verse 28. However, this is the, the ten spies giving the report. The people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the, the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb... One of the spies, he quietened the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. However is not a good word in the context of Numbers 13. It's not a good word in the greater context 
of God's promises that he made to Abraham and to the Israelites. It's not a word of faith. It is a word of fear. And it signals that the majority of the spies don't trust God. They don't believe that God will do what he said he will do. And this is the point where Caleb and Joshua stand apart from the other ten spies. Notice what Caleb says in verse 30. It says that Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. It's interesting, the name Caleb is a name that, that can mean faithful, can mean wholehearted, or after one's heart. It's a name that means faithfulness. We are given here an example of a faithful man and what his response to the land he has seen is. See, neither group deny the giants or the grapes. They see and respond to them, though, differently. We see that they respond to God differently. The next chapter, Numbers 14. Here we have Joshua standing alongside Caleb. And they say, The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. It's when the great size of the fruit and the foe are reported to the Israelites. Ten spies focus on the giants. Two spies focus on the grapes. Ten spies say, we will be devoured. Two spies say, we will overcome. Ten spies see the greatness of the inhabitants and respond in fear. Two spies see the greatness of God and respond in faith. This response is huge when put in the context of God's faithfulness to his promises. To Genesis, God had told Abraham to walk the land, to settle in the land of Canaan. And he promised one day that Abraham's offspring would do, offspring would do the same. 
In Exodus, God told Moses and the Israelites that he was going to rescue them out of their affliction, out of their slavery, and to bring them into this land to fulfill the promise that he made to Abraham. Whereas now in Numbers, having rescued the Israelites out of Egypt, out of their slavery, he brings them to the very border of this promised land. Not only that, he gives them a foretaste of the land, the future that awaits them. And we're supposed to be thinking, yeah, we're ready to go. The people are supposed to say, let's do this. But instead they say, no, it'll kill us. They're supposed to say to God, lead the way and we will follow. Instead they say, no, that'll be the end of us. We're heading back. Friends, when it comes to proceeding in faith, it's important to know that proceeding in faith, walking in faith, does not deny fear. It just addresses it within the bigger context of who God is. It's a God who is faithful to his promises, who is faithful to his word. And when we proceed in faith, what it actually does is makes the fear toothless. It doesn't deny its existence, but it takes its power away from it. A question for us today is are we focusing on the giants or are we focusing on the grapes? Truth be told that we're not too much different to the Israelites, are we, sometimes? Often we are faced with both giants and grapes. Yet, I'm sorry to say, too often I choose fear over faith. Instead of like the faithful one, like Caleb saying, God will bring us into this land. Like the fearful, I might say, no, it'll kill me. Those who are willing to see both the grapes and the giants in the greater context of God's character and his faithfulness to his word. Friends, that will be like Caleb, they will be faithful. But not only that, they will follow Joshua. See, friends, qualities matter. Faith matters more. But who we follow matters most. In verse 16 of Numbers 13, we're told that Moses 
changed the name of one of the spies. No longer was he called Hoshea. He was called Joshua. Joshua is a name that means Yahweh saves. It is the same meaning of the name Jesus. In faith, the Israelites were supposed to follow Joshua into the promised land. And they will eventually do it 40 years later, once all that generation has passed away. But instead, chapter 14 of Numbers, verses 1 to 4, tell us that in fear, instead of following Joshua, they wanted to turn back to Egypt. Who we follow matters most. And what are we to learn from the experience of the spies and the Israelites in Numbers 13? How can that teach us something today? Well, it suggests that knowing now what lies around the corner for you, friends, it doesn't mean that you're going to make a better decision. In fact, the decision you make will be very much in line with the person you are. When it comes to making good decisions in life, friends, there are three things that matters. Firstly, qualities still matter. Qualities still matter. And as fathers, as men, we've been given positions of authority in our families. We've been given the qualities of leadership. We've been given the responsibility to lead our families. Whether that be the family at home, whether that be the family of God. And whether we like it or not, our families will follow us. We will have, what we say will have serious weight in their lives. Qualities matter, blokes. Faith matters more. A man or a leader without, without faith will ultimately use his position and his power that he has over those around him to serve his own purposes. He will naturally focus on what he fears. And like it or not, those around him will end up sharing his fear. They will likely fear what he fears. For example, the man who fears not being able to provide for the material needs of his family 
will likely be a bloke who is driven by the need to earn more and more and more. And that will become a learned fear by his family, his wife and children. Don't be surprised, blokes, if that is you, if your family start being driven by the need to earn more and more and more. Maybe the man who fears not being a good enough husband or father might spend more hours at work and less hours at home. Possibly he's hoping that his wife will fill the void. That she'll, she'll be able to pick it up where he puts it down. Or maybe he'll be hoping that some other bloke will be a good role model for his kids. Whether that be how to be a man, or whether it be how to under, for, for daughters, how to understand men should treat women. Blokes, we need to stop thinking that someone else will be a better role model for our kids than us. We've got to stop allowing sports people, musicians and celebrities to take the position of role model for young people. How ridiculous is it that a 20-something-year-old bloke who plays football is worth looking up to for a young fella? Why is it that it's his signature that the kid wants? Why does he want to grow up and be like him and not his dad? Guys, we've got to stop allowing, advocating our responsibility as role models and allowing someone else to come in and do it. God has given you that position. He's given you the power, the qualities to be the greatest role model for your children. Do you believe that? I struggle to believe it. Let's be honest. But he's given that to us. Will you proceed in faith? Will you trust him in that? A man of faith, on the other hand, will use his position and power to serve those around him. To lead and guide them to become faithful people. He'll be a man more like Caleb. The Israelites should have been people like Caleb. They should have been faithful. And to do this, they should have looked back. They should have looked back and seen that returning to Egypt, returning to slavery, was not life at all. It was death. We need to do the same today if we want to be faithful people. We need to look back at our former lives and see returning to the life of sin is not life at all. 
It is death. It, the Israelites should have also looked around them. They should have seen that the Lord was with them. He was present with them. That's something we need to do today as well, isn't it? We need to look around us, see the evidence, see the fruit, see the evidence of God's presence with us. Are you looking around yourselves, friends? God is with us. Israel should have also looked forward in faith, seen the fruit and known that the risk was worth it. See that the promise-keeping God has sworn to bring them in so that they would take possession of that land, possession of its fruit. That's something that we need to do as well, isn't it? We need to be people who look forward in faith to bring to our minds the future that God has promised us and trust our Heavenly Father to bring us home. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Qualities still matter, friends. Faith still matters more. But who we follow matters most. Israel was supposed to look to Joshua, see the fruits ahead and follow him into the promised land. Friends, we are to look to our Joshua. We are to look to the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. See the one who has offered himself in death who has been raised to new life and has come back and shown us the first fruits of the life that awaits us. We are to be faithful people who put our trust in him and follow him home into the promised land. Are you following Jesus, friends? Fathers, are we willing to be men of faith who use our positions and power to serve those around us? Are we willing to do this to lead them in the right way to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to have a crack today? Folks, that is what we are called to do. To make the most of the qualities that have been given to us. To be men of faith who follow Jesus and lead others to do the same.
For only in following Jesus will we enter the promised land. Let me pray. Loving Lord, let us not miss the beauty of the ability to go through your word and see that as people we are still struggling with the same things. Yet you, have show, you show us through your word. You allow us to learn from others' mistakes. To see that though we still fall short, you still are faithful to your word. That you love us and you do not change. that you have made a way for us to enter into the promised land, to enjoy life with you. Lord, it is much easier to be here today, to go through this and go, yeah, that's what we should be. That's how we should do it, but... Lord, it is hard day in and day out to be the sort of person, the sort of man, the sort of father that you call us to be. It's hard to get up and have another crack knowing that we get knocked down. But will you, please, through your Holy Spirit, Enable us to look back and see that returning to the life of sin is not life at all, that that is death. The not having a go has no future. Will you help us to look around us, Lord? Please will your Holy Spirit show us and, and prove to us that you are present with us here today. It is not up, up to us to overcome, that you are the overcomer. That you are the one that brings us into the land. That you are the one that fights the giants for us, fights them with us and in us. Father, help us through your spirit to look up and to look forward in faith to continue day after day to be faithful men who follow Jesus. And Lord, we pray that the, those who, whom we are leading, whether we like it or not, will follow as well. We'll be people of faith that our kids 
will follow the Lord Jesus Christ as well, we ask. In your name, for your sake, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.